This is the Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Let's go nuts! It's Jimmy Nuts! Five out of the door! With your host, Mark Martinez. Because I'm the Mark. And I'm awesome! The Guru. Today I'm going to break it down for all you simpleton sweat hogs listening out there in Can Crusher Nation. I don't mean to come out here week after week and toot my own horn, but toot, toot. And the English Professor. It is I, the English Professor from the County of Kings, speaking the English of the Queen. Hey, this is former WWE superstar Duke, the Dumpster Drossy, and you are listening to the Can Crushers Podcast. And welcome back to another episode of Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Mark the Mark Martinez, in studio enjoying some Miller Lite, the glorious one, Chad Piranha, and at home, just getting done with the supper, is the English professor, Gentleman. How are we this week? Um, just like the magnificent Morocco, who I reference often, it was uh, my wife's homemade meatballs tonight. And they are delicious. Oh, I'm actually uh, jealous. I made, bread. I made bread too. Damn. I'm actually jealous of that. Damn, yeah. that sounds good. We had uh, the old pizza shop pizza tonight. We went with a regular cheese and pepperoni, and actually, we had bread from there as well. It's good, but it's still not the same. You know, I'm not knocking them. It's it's the best in town by far, but it, there's just something different. I'll just leave it at that. I still love it, but it's just yeah. the the grease and the sweat and the the grind of Dom Padlano, Anthony, uh, Meeps and Mama because you didn't do much there. Just not aren't really. in it. Yeah, you, you did as much there as I did there. Close, close. You may have done a little more. Now, does does eating there count? Well, is doing something there? We did a lot of that. Yeah. If that counts, then, yeah, we did a lot of that. Yeah, we were top hogs. Yeah. So, what did you guys do this week? I, um, we ordered wings one night this weekend from um, a place, in, uh, I believe it's Avalon, next little town over. Yeah. Big Shot Bob's, the original Big Shot Bob's. And I want to give them a shout-out because if there are better wings in the Pittsburgh area, I'm not aware of them. There are good places to get wings in Pittsburgh. My opinion, these guys are the best, and they're great wrestling fans. Um, They have an an autographed 8x10 of Jimmy Hart. They have um, uh, Jack's classic Kevin Nash figure hanging on a counter or wall there. And some of their wing flavors are like Dusty Rhodes... I think there's a heartbreak kid. There's a big sexy. There's a macho man. Oh! Yeah, I, I called once and, and thought, oh, watch, this will be funny. The phone never stops ringing in this place. They're always busy. So, and I, An order could take an hour. No joke. But it's worth the wait. So I ordered, um, and I said, oh, and I'll uh, take an order of the macho man. Thinking, oh, this guy's going to love this. He didn't care. They were so busy. Like, okay, what else? <laughs> that was a great impression. How do you just gloss right over that? <laughs> Did Pat's dad bring it to you then? He did. The original Macho Man, yeah. Maybe um, it was Lance Russell answering the phone, Mr. Uh, or Johnny uh, Gargano, Gargano answering the phone, Mr. No Emotion. You know, 
I think the one guy there was a wrestler. I'm looking at him and looking at the guy managing the store. You guys remember Lord Zoltan? Yes. He looks like Lord Zoltan. I, I'm not going to say it's him, but he looks like him. Ken, I, went, I almost said Ken Jennings, but he's the guy from uh, Jeopardy. Jeopardy, it, yeah. His first name is Ken something. Ken Je- Joggin. So I, I just read the book. Oh, uh, by the way, I, I finished the book about Potter. Um, of course, I watched that. It is called Bobby Williams, The Story of How I Never Made It. I finished this. Uh, if you want to know anything about Pittsburgh wrestling, this guy was there. He he lived it. This is an amazing book. I'm not going to ruin it. Go out and buy it. Um, if you need help finding it, send me an email at cancrusher69 at gmail.com. There, that's out of the way for the show. Um, I'll, I'll direct you in the right way. This guy goes through wrestling in Pittsburgh the last 25, 30 years, and uh, spoiler, he does make it. So, but I'm not going to give anything else away. This is okay. this tugs at your heart uh, from here and there. It's funny as hell. We know a lot of people personally in the book. Uh, between the three of us, we know them. So this is a great read. I read it in two days because one, I started. Um, at like five o'clock at night, and I only read maybe till ten. But great read, great read. Uh, touches on everything, so make sure you go out and buy that. Jugan, Ben Jugan. See, good. Who the hell was I thinking that Rikishi was? When you said Lord Zoltan, he had a mask on and was doing the radio. Sultan. The Sultan. The Sultan. Okay. That's who I thought John was referring to at first, but no. No, okay. Lord Zoltan is a Pittsburgh wrestler. He's been involved at Steel City, PWX, uh, um, ones like that. PWX, that's where, okay, now I know uh, who you're talking about. No, okay, this guy's not tossing wings. Um, he <laughs> is an administrative assistant for the Allegheny Court of Common Pleas. Right. Different guy then. But I, I, this guy looks like a wrestler I've seen on a, on a local circuit. I could be wrong, but... Well, will you snap a picture of him next time? It could be right. somebody. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's Darren De Niro. And you would just completely forget who it is. Right. I, I can tell you it's not Darren De Niro. Uh, and one other thing, they were closing at 4 o'clock one day. And to advertise they were closing at 4 o'clock, they had a picture on their website of Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, and Tully Blanchard. They're just they're cool guys, and the wings are awesome. That's cool. Big Shot Bob's in Avalon, Pennsylvania. Why have you never taken me there? We need. To, I've told you about it. We need to go there. We absolutely need to get wings from there. It's. I could walk there. We've walked to several places. They. Uh, yeah. Can we go there, sit and have a couple of brewskis? No, I told you it's takeout only. It, it's oh, okay. a little hole in the wall place. You did yeah. tell me that. Yeah. Sometimes I don't listen to you. Speaking of brewskis, though. Right. Go ahead. Track ears, as Chad tells us, what he did this week. Not a whole hell of a lot. Good. Got out in woods a little bit, started reading. I got uh, a couple of wrestling books that I had ordered uh, just after Christmas in uh, about the NWA and the territories, the uh, rise and fall of the NWA. Um, another one on WWE. Uh, I ordered the new Buddy Rogers book. Ooh. Um, looking forward. It's already on the way. Uh, tracking and everything's already registered, so I'll have it in the next couple of days. Uh, really book, curious. Book swap coming up, I see, huh? What's that? I see a book, book swap coming up. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious with the Buddy Rogers one because I hear Bruno talked about it, and Bruno was 
very gracious about it. Um, I, I've heard a lot of people talk how Buddy Rogers was just a prick. And he was a showmanship and really couldn't, really wasn't that good of a wrestler. He was like a mid-card wrestler as far as technique, but he was a, you know, main event as far as entertainer. I agree with if, that. And it's like, I'm like, holy shit, you know, hear about his uh, his version of what happened with Bruno and dropping the title. Um you know, was it a screw job? What blah blah blah? I'm looking forward to it because I've heard I've heard nothing but good things about that book, and I'm not necessarily a Buddy Rogers fan. I didn't think that much of him of the stuff that I have watched on the older things, but I'm just curious because everybody talks about how good it was, or how good the book is. Nice. What what happened to him? Because. He, uh, to your point, Chad, he was not terrific in the ring by any means, but like that strut, Ric Flair out and out jacked that strut off of Buddy Rogers. It was the Buddy Rogers strut. The mic work, nobody was taking the microphone from the ring announcer back then. Buddy Rogers, to my knowledge, created that. But when he became like Snooker's manager, Snooker couldn't talk. Putting him with Buddy Rogers did nothing for him. I mean, he couldn't get Snooker over. His interviews were terrible on Buddy Rogers' corner. Looking back, like, they were unwatchable. He, like, what if, I guess when he took him out of the ring where he could, like, showboat or whatever, there wasn't much else to him. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, just, I was just going to say, he, um, from the Bruno interview and others, other a couple other things have kind of said the same thing, Rogers didn't want to lose the title to Bruno. Um he didn't think he was deserving and everything like that. And after basically Bruno was like told him when they went in the ring for the match, either you do this right or you're going to get hammered down. You're going to get hurt. And then Rogers started uh, dogging the officials from uh, Vince McMahon senior to Bruno to the bookers and he expected himself to always be on top, but at that point in his career, he just wasn't, I don't want to say ring worthy. He wasn't top, top billing worthy. And he wanted it. And he was like, well, fuck you. If, if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, okay. Go up for Brute Bernard or, you know, something like that up in Canada. And I mean, he even the the sheik he had problems with the original sheik in the north not northwest in like the Minnesota area. Um, he just expected himself to always be on top, and it went more beyond the beyond his character, his stick, his program. It went more beyond that. He was really one of the guys that was really full of himself and full of the gimmick. So he's Shawn Michaels before Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Without well without the talent. Okay. Without yeah. the talent. He he wasn't champ long, really. NWA, I don't know. WWF, he was their first champ when they defected. But he wasn't WWF champ long. They, they put no. it on him. And I want to see maybe a month later, Bruno just 
either it was a bear hug or a backbreaker. There were no cameras, but the bell rang. He picked him up, put him in one of those finishers, yeah, look, and he's like, give up or I'm, I'm breaking you in half. And yeah, it was, was 40, 47 second match. Yeah. And he, the NWA thing, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I kind of forgot about it. When he was NWA champion, they wanted, WWF wanted Bruno to beat him for the title. NWA wanted him to beat Bruno for the title, or for him, for Bruno to beat him for the title. Vice versa, yeah. And, but Rogers was like, no, I'm not losing the title to him. That's where he kind of screwed himself with the NWA and all their territories is because everybody was behind Bruno at the time because he was, you know, he was was gold at that time. Yeah. And Rogers just, he didn't want to, he didn't want to give away his spot. And I understand that to an extent, but it's like, you know, certain wrestlers nowadays getting title matches for coming out and making challenges that make no fucking sense. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, wrestling. Oh, oh, no, 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 no wrestling yet. Also, you got some presents this week, didn't you? Which you need to touch on. Which Yes. Uh, they're both amazing. I, I got to I gotta uh, give a shout out to AJ's Belts. Um, look up, look them up on Facebook and everything. Uh, they're where I get, have gotten a majority of my replica belts. Well, from my winnings uh, contest last week, I got the... The top one was a Bret Hart Signature Series title. Absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous. The the nice. the etching on everything. The leather has all of Bret's um, logos, logos and colors, colors, everything like that. But it doesn't break it down. I've seen it, John. That's why I'm filling in. I, I brought it right down the bar. <laughs> um, it doesn't. Like exaggerate, like what you've seen on his tights is the kind of logo that you see on the belt. It it's not a new and improved, you know, something you would emblem or, or something. Yeah. yeah, um, and it's it's absolutely fabulous. The other one, and I was oh, overly overly surprised about it was the big green title. That's gorgeous, actually. Which was held only by Bob Backlund after Superstar Graham ripped up. The other title, the Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan. This belt is—I don't want to say it's the most basic belt I've ever seen. It's the heaviest but one. It's the heaviest, and this belt is absolutely gorgeous. Big main plate in a circle, side plates off to the side with all the WWE champions from Rogers up until Hogan. Um, just an absolute gorgeous belt, and I got to say this, Mark. I gotta say thank you for saying because when I was throwing around the idea, oh, if I win, I wanna. I was thinking on getting this belt, but it's just not all that special. And you made a comment of it's something that has a bit of history with it. It it is it is it's it's not the NWA Dome Globe, but it's something that for such a short time. But it also has the history that you just you know said that. None of us knew that those plates were going to be on the side of it. We we thought they were just going to be generic plates, you know, just yeah. pictures of a, a world or a wrestling ring. No, we you didn't know that they said you know the names of everybody, which adds to the value. Then I think yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Spell one thing I laughed about it was is a strap 
looks like it's as wide as a freaking dining room table. It really is huge. I mean, it's like half of my, almost half of my body height-wise or whatever. But it's an absolute gorgeous belt. So shout out to AJ's Belts, John uh, Barbarossa. I told him I'd give a shout out this <laughs> week, send people to him. Hey, guys, uh, you can do contests. Every You can get everything from... Uh, Bray Wyatt mask and lantern and mini belts, which are 12 inches long, like the replicas, all the way up to, you know, the triple-plated AEW TV. And the cool thing is thing. it's all about layaways, too. Yeah, you can do layaways on anything there. It's generally, he said, $25 down. You have six months to pay for it. Six months to pay for it. If you run into an issue, you have to make a month, skip a month or something. The guy will really work with you. As far as the satisfaction, the quality, I've, I've not seen anything better. I have seen belts that the guys have themselves, the federations have had, and I, I think to the NWA tag belts. Um, the, it's just the quality is... I think, and don't quote me, um, somebody's going to catch me on this. I think when Al Snow made the collar and elbow, the X Division, um, whatever hell one he just made, I think he actually went to AJ's to have it made. Not the newest one, the national championship, but the one they brought back last year. You're right, because it's it's, it's on there. He is, uh, somebody like two weeks ago, got a uh, the, the tag title from when they first um, was one. So I know he did go through them for some yeah. some titles. I don't know about that specific title, but I know it's a guy not- wanted a Smoky Mountain tag title, and there was actually another one, the heavyweight belt replica. So the dude does awesome fucking work. So these two, John, do you have something to say real quick? I just wanted, does the green belt have the guy on it holding the belt? That's what I remember about the green belt. Yeah, yeah, it's an, yeah? Cool. It, it is exact. It has all the 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 stones on it, the the big gold plate. It looks like if you take the thing off and smack somebody with it, you'd probably not it probably kill them. I mean, it's it's thick. It's uh, that's what she said. Four millimeters. Sorry. Oh my lord. Um. So these two had a good week. I did not. Uh, one. It starts with my former employer now as I uh, was still battling um, with them to try to get some of the COVID money of being off and they, they just said no. Uh, we, we battled for two months now um, so they are now my former employer uh, no longer working at the warehouse but I am happy to announce that I will be Chad does not know this uh, I will be on the back of the garbage truck come Monday morning I will be back uh, with the Ridgeway Borough, slinging garbage again, bringing the can crushers feel back to Ridgeway. And I'm actually excited about it as uh, it fits hours, if it's gameplay time, and stuff like that. Now over to the gameplay side of this. Well, back back to being can crushers. Back to slinging trash and, and throwing trash cans and cracking open beers. Look at this. We're going back to what brought us to the dance. Evolving, right? We're re-evolving, whatever you want to say. You're the English professor. Devolving, I guess, because we're going back to where we were before. But anyway, go ahead. I'm I sorry. I mean, you're incorrect. No, that's all right. And now I have bitches. Man. Like, was... not bitches on the side, like like the Godfather bitches. 
Um, you heard me mention Odroid about 75,000 times last week because I was super excited. We got the system in and everything. And then we, we did order the extra controllers and they just weren't pairing. So I reached out to the, the company that I'm not going to say yet until they really ship me over. I'll just be nice and be political today. Reached out to them, said, Hey, this, this, and this is not working. Hey, don't forget you have to plug in a keyboard. Okay, fine. Plug in a keyboard. The keyboard's not working. And this is like three days in between. Right back the same day once they gave me instructions of what to do. Nothing until Friday. Well, try this. It's the same directions they gave me. Nothing. Woke up this morning, called them twice, sent them numerous emails, got on their website and did that whole, hey, if you need help, click on this button. Let it run for two hours. Just keep hitting refresh right into them. Every couple minutes, none of them were seen. Finally, I get something back. And they go about and tell me, hey, you know, we don't suggest hooking up another another controller to your gamepad. I said, but you gave me the directions. Yeah, but we don't suggest it. Uh, okay, but you gave me the directions, and then we get, I get a little heated, not really like mad, tell them to F off yet, or anything. Their customer service is complete horseshit. I'll let you know, and if I did mention who these people are, you can go back and listen to shows, and I'm sure I have. Um, their, their customer service is horseshit. The system is amazing. I just want it to work with what we bought. And if it can't, Let's talk about getting a refund and going someplace else because other people I've, I've talked to, people on emulator stations on uh, Facebook, other RetroPie people, they say it works. It's just another uh, an itch. So now they sent me the tech support, and they want to see what tech support does for me. And I said, well, when are they going to call me? They don't know. So the game's awesome. But there's just a little bit that you can't play because you don't have the right controllers, and it really pisses me off. And you you said the cut and dried way to get around it is to order the controllers probably from, from them, them for a higher. I mean, I got five controllers from Amazon, the Velrose ones, which other people said yes, they'll work because I've talked to many people on the Odroid platform. Uh, yes, they'll work. That's what they're running on theirs or whatever. I got five for 25 bucks, so we ordered two bundles, which was 50 bucks. They're selling theirs for two controllers of uh, N64 for like 30 bucks, or you know, so everything's double. If there is something in their controller that makes it plug and play, tell me that from the get go when I say, Hey, I'm going to order other controllers because I was emailing these people prior to doing PayPal purchase. And they're like, yep, yep, yep. Tell me that. I'm going to give you my money then because I know they're going to work. You didn't tell me that. So I thought, all right, what human being in America doesn't want to save 150 bucks or so? They just didn't. Um, horrible, horrible, horrible customer service. Sorry, man. That's frustrating. It is. It is. And I'm an idiot. I'm a nerd on a lot of this stuff, uh, podcasting, editing, and stuff like that. When it gets into computers, uh, dropping an L 
got wrong, backslash, up, down, left, right, circle, jerk, this, that, and the other. If I circle it the wrong way and I erase the whole system, then I'm really going to be pissed. Where When there's people that says, yes, it can be done. I've legit reached out to these people and said, out of my pocket, I will send you every controller and my system back, program them, tell me, hey, Mark, it's going to cost 30 bucks to send this back. I'll PayPal you $30 to send it back. Boom. You're out no money. Because I'm sure the wizards that they have working there can do this in seconds, and it's good to go. I just don't understand why they wouldn't do that. Yeah. It just, it sounds like without them saying it, go there's yourself. something in, oh. <laughs> there's something to do with the confirms that they are selling off of their site, and they don't want to say, hey, if, you know, our controllers have this or that in them that, you know, plug it in, and it's just like you have the system yourself. If you use off-brand controllers, it may or may not work with games and or systems and or, you know, certain games within the system. It just sounds like they're passing the fucking buck. It, and it's all about the N64. Is why I, I have, I've watched the games play for 30, 40 seconds, but I just can't get into them. All right, we are a wrestling podcast. Uh, that was about 25 minutes of rambling and saying hello, but do you want to talk wrestling now, guys? Sure. Sure. Yeah, all right. All right, let's touch on Raw and SmackDown because I'm pretty sure we can get those done real quick. Raw had a ton of changes because uh, COVID hit them. Not only with Drew McIntyre is what I'm hearing. Other names have not been released, but I heard um, others have had it as well. And it kind of... <laughs> made sense when you watched Raw because five or six people played double duty during Raw. Um, overall, I I, I want to talk about Triple H coming out gave gave it right to fuck away. Yeah, that something's going on. They don't pull him in unless it's a big, yep, you know, big event or they need somebody to cover cover. Um. I don't know. I, Drew answers Goldberg. He says yes on the match. Not a lot of great stuff on it because it was in shambles. Alexis' fireball was unbelievable. Chad, that was probably the only fireball bigger than the one that hit you a couple weeks ago. Yep. Yep. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Too think, soon. Oh, no, 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 no. No, it was, it was fine. Uh, I never thought Alexa Bliss could get any hotter, but. Her throwing a fireball. Oh, my Lord. And it, you know, you look at it on the replays. I think the only thing that ruined the whole bit was Randy Orton. Oh, has his hands on his face, flipping around the ring like a, you know, fucking fish out of water. Why didn't the referee bring him a towel? That That was my first thing. Why didn't... The referee, okay, I didn't expect, you know, a bunch of wrestlers to come down or anything like that because, you know, Randy Orton's a dick and in life and in <laughs> in character. But, I'll t- you know, have the referee jump in with the towelers. Anybody. Something. The doctor yeah. is usually at the ringside. You know, he shouldn't have been flipping around and up on his feet. You want to see how it's done, boys? You got to look at Cornette and Ronnie Garvin. 
Garvin went down. He screamed. He didn't roll around the ring or anything like that. That was the only problem I had with it. Although, when Alexa did shoot him in the face with that, I was like, oh, holy shit, that looked good. It did look good. The replay did not look good. No. I loved the opening match. I thought Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair was a very good match. Um, it, it told a story. You guys laughed. No, I'm all right with that. I was going to bring it up. All right. I thought it was very good. And it, they're trying. It's a story. Two things I want to mention about that. We've got uh, we've had the whole Charlotte versus Rick thing a few years ago, Mark. We went to – I think it was a Raw taping where Sasha won the championship from yeah. uh, Charlotte. Um, and she yelled at her dad because you screwed things up. Or, no, actually, before that, and then Ric Flair was in Sasha's corner for that match. That's fine. They just – they reversed roles. Now he turned on her. That's a great story. The match itself – I know you're not big fans. I think Charlotte is masterful in her work in that she was methodical. She was just, you could read the body language was simply that I've got this woman right where I want her. She's no threat to me. And and that's how Lacey played it too. Every, every move Lacey tried, Charlotte had a counter. But in the end, you get Ric Flair's interference that, that costs Charlotte the match. The old Bobby Heenan trip during the, the suplex move. Um, Good match, and it's a story, and they're trying. Um, I'll give you that, yes. Beyond that, I, I can't believe uh, January 2021, Goldberg is still a thing in this promotion. I just can't believe that. And we talked about it last week when he came out, and how... It made no fucking sense. Botched, we would say, and we don't use it a lot, but we think it was a botched interview because he's, I, I think he said the wrong words. And, John, you made reference to, like, Drew McIntyre like, oh, yeah, well, then see you later. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that you don't have any respect for anybody up there. It doesn't make sense in the story. And, and Drew should have just been like, well, of course I do. And he could have played it up like, look, your time has come. It's my time now. It doesn't mean I don't respect you. That would have created conflict. Instead, it was just negating for the sake of negating. Like, you don't have respect. Yes, I do. Oh, all right. So now what? <laughs> now we're it, it, it just didn't make any sense to me because he didn't – Drew his – even as a, a – I don't want to say even as a heel. Um, I've never seen anything – what what led up to this? Did he, did he snub somebody back? Did he – they need buy rights, is what they need. It, it was just like, what, the bring them. what are you talking about? How did he disrespect them? What? Exactly. How? How? An example. I saw what, even if it's bullshit, you know, oh, I saw you, you know, back there giving Mark Henry a, a blow-up dumbbell, you know, for him to lift weights on Ooh, now or that's something. That's not where like I thought that. you were going, but okay. No. <laughs> or uh, holy shit! No, that would be Kenny Omega that would get what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't make any sense. In IWC, you have Andrew Palace and Big Time getting pushed into each other, which creates the misunderstanding. And they showed it to us. At least you have the foundation for that misunderstanding. To your point, Chad. Where was the foreshadowing? Where, where, where was the foundation for this? He's just coming out saying, you don't respect any of us. Well, give me an example. What did I do to you guys? It was such a dumb segment. But eh. Seamus, Keith Lee, and 
McIntyre, the whole bullshit with them and everything. Yeah, at least, okay, the Miz drop kicks fucking uh, Keith Lee into Sheamus and blah blah blah. Okay, there's something there. There's Drew McIntyre, what did he do? Did he did he not ask Ric Flair? If, you know, he was taking Lacey to uh, Space Mountain later on in the hotel room. What? The Orton Triple H match. Uh... Uh, it wasn't a match. It was a fight. It really never. What happened to Triple H? Like as soon as the lights, why wouldn't he linger around to see what the hell was going on? It's his business. He what? just bailed. Yeah. Why did his sledgehammer go out? We, I, how did it go out? There was rough <laughs> camera work too. To be the nerd, uh, there was real rough camera work this week. There's very little that makes sense. I don't get what's going on. It it seems like there was a point where, yeah, wrestling used to joke with us, but Vince let us in on the joke. Now it just seems like he's he's laughing at all of us. In that laugh, can you do the laugh? Uh, <laughs> pal, how you doing, pal? SmackDown. It was Roman and Adam Pearce figuring out. Who's going to fight? Who's not going to fight? Who's got an injury? And then uh, Kevin Owens takes the match. That was way too long. The whole show. Every other segment, somebody was eating nachos talking about this match. <sighs> Biggie, uh, the Biggie uh, Apollo Cruz kind of thing where they're teasing Cruz, turning. They had him talking with Heyman. And stuff like that. I was like, okay, that's kind of not that I really give a shit about either of them, but for storyline, it, it's a storyline. They're yeah, they're developing. They're like, okay, you know, you are are you going to go with him? And lo and behold, next week Apollo Cruz gets a rematch for the title. Yeah, Kevin Owens, fuck Kevin Owens again. No. Who did I? Who did I say they could have? They could have brought back for a fucking huge pop. Seth Rollins would have been a huge fucking pop to bring him back to go against Roman. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Even I was okay when Shinsuke won it last week when I thought he won. Yeah. It. Or yeah, you, I didn't even think of him. I was thinking even uh, uh, Damien Priest. Oh yeah. Bring him out and be like. Holy shit! And then cut it off the way they did. Develop the storyline in the next two weeks. Why the fuck is Damian Priest here? He's because a, he's, he's, you know, the last Reigns. He's Luther Reigns's illegitimate son. son with Lillian Garcia or something. Uh, is Seth Rollins taking some time away though, being yeah. a dad and all? Yeah, yeah. But to your point, Chad, that would have been awesome. That would have gotten a reaction. They don't take those sorts of risks anymore. You know, um, like a Damien Priest situation, because now you've got two huge forces uh, and somebody's got to go over and somebody has to lose. And they're, they're just they don't take risks like that anymore. They, they really don't. Um, one thing I liked from SmackDown, what the hell was it called? Uh, Three's Company, come and knock on my door. Ding dong. Ding dong. Ding dong. Who's there or whatever? Ding dong. Hello. I was going to bring that up. I was going to uh, go ahead and you go ahead first. I, I liked it. I liked it. 
I thought, I don't know when they planned this. Obviously, we're going to get to AEW in a bit. I thought the waiting room was better with Britt Baker. I thought this seemed like a bit of a copycat thing. They're trying with segments. They are trying with segments, and nothing seems to stick. I think Bailey has the talent to make something like this stick. For what it's worth, when she came out, Mrs. Professor was like, oh, my gosh, I can't take it. She is adorable. I love her outfit. This is a good look for her. So she loved she loved Bailey's outfit. Um, her first guest, the EST, uh, both of the, she has great charisma. Bianca Belair has great charisma. Um, she can carry an interview. So can Bailey. Here's my only issue: quit breaking the fourth fucking wall all the time. Stop it. Come in the ring. Ring the doorbell, open the door. Guess what? We know you're not really at the dentist's office. We know you're not in your bedroom. Just stop it. You have to come in through the door. Well, Bailey, they know it's not a... Bailey, you know it's me. Just let me in. Get The flower shop wasn't a real flower shop. Don Morocco wasn't fixing cars at the body shop. Fucking stop it. Because the, when you get to the interview... It was short. It was it was concise. It was good. It took a turn I didn't expect. Like, let's look at footage of me beating you. And you're like, holy shit. I didn't think this is where this was going. I was expecting Piper's pit. Roddy Piper has Big John stud on there. Does nothing but put him over. That's what I thought. I thought, okay, heel is another heel and she's going to put her over. No, let's take a look at how, at how I beat you last time. That's great stuff. Just stop with letting us know it's fake. We know. Quit it. It pisses me off, guys. He's, they're doing nothing at this point with any of their shows. I'll say minus NXT because that's like not Vince's. They're doing nothing but hot shotting. They're doing nothing but trying to grab ratings for for the quarter, for for a segment, for something like that. And it's like, oh, you know. Oh, we have this. We have this new segment, and Bailey's such a bitch, and she's so good at it. I, Why the fuck hasn't anybody grabbed Bianca Belair by her hair and slung her ass around the fucking ring? Why? I, Why? I don't know. You'll grab Bailey by the hair, and her hair oh, is barely Bailey below by her the hair for sure. Uh, um, <laughs> I thought we we just said this a couple weeks ago. It's another talk. How many people can have a talk segment? Now, I'm all for Bailey having one. I, I thought this could be perfect. This is- Do they need to be in the ring is my biggest bitch. Put it in the fucking corner of the wherever where she really has to come out of a door. Or something like that. Everything doesn't need to be in the ring anymore. It, it-, it never had to be. That was my concern. Bailey did look cute. I think she is perfect for hosting one of these. I think she's better than Alexa. Nothing against Alexa. I just, Alexa just sits there and sips tea. Alexa is so much better at that. Really. I'm just saying that this is Bailey's personality. I'm on the opposite side, John. I thought Bianca wasn't, she was charismatic. I don't think she sold it as much as she could have. You know, I, I, there was potential to this stealing SmackDown. I just, between everything that we all said, it was just off a little bit for me. 
Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, one other thing I want to say about breaking the fourth wall, and here's in a, on a very serious note, here's where I think this started. Um, and this is touchy, but when when Owen Hart died, they had a tough time getting through that show, and they obviously had to say, like Jim Ross had to say, look, guys, I don't know how to make this any clearer, any plainer. This isn't a story. This isn't an angle. This is not part of the entertainment. We had an accident. You, everybody knows what happened. But it wasn't long after that where you started to see them use that. And, and as sick as this may sound, and Chad, you're more cynical than I am, so maybe you can't see this. They started to use that. They used that. They must have thought, oh, wow, that worked. It got people's attention. So when Shane McMahon is, is beating Test's face in and Stephanie goes to stop him and Shane goes to rear back his fist again and elbows her in the mouth and knocks her out, Jim Ross is like, okay, we need help out here. That, that's not part of the entertainment, guys. I'm like, oh, shit. Did he really elbow his sister in the face on accident? They have continued to do that over the years to the point where now they use it as like, okay, come on, you know, Bailey, this isn't really a door. Can I just come in? No, you have to ring the bell. As much as I hate to say it, it's almost like they used that one incident where they said, if we can dabble a little bit of reality here and there, maybe we can get them to listen because we got them to listen that one time that guy had an accident. Now, we we had this discussion before about what with with wrestling what's going too far and i brought up about uh the big one was uh michael cole and jerry lawler the day after lawler's mother died um there's things like that and if if you think back and i hate to use jerry lawler again but they capitalized on the real life uh issues between jerry and his son brian and brought that into storylines um it's just oh okay that 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 subject got us some eye-opening that subject got us i don't want to say ratings but that was like people were like oh holy shit now you're trying to replicate it to me and i i wholly agree with what john said but it's just like a lot of other things the first time the fucking ring fell down with Big Show and Brock Lesnar. That was cool. That was cool. Now when fucking uh, Brian Marco, Marco Stunt and fucking Ten do it, it's like, what the fuck? Right. Is this a ring you bought at Walmart? <laughs> yeah, the breakable it's a, one. It's the same thing. You just, it's, they just, they kill things. They don't... TLC, a whole fucking pay-per-view of TLC matches... No. Nobody ever wanted to see that. Hell in a cell. No. It, it's just, you're killing the things that, if you brought them back once in a while, once a year, maybe twice a year, if you really had the talent that you had back then, they would be successful. Now, you have nothing against the women, but you have 120, 130-pound women going through you know, tables, the gimmick tables and everything like that. What the fuck is left when you got 300-pound guys going through? It's like, oh, big deal. So the pussy Keith Lee got hurt going through a table, but fucking Sasha bounced right the fuck back up and did this. They killed the, the matches, the aura, the nostalgia. The mystique. Mystique. The mystique. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. there you go. Speaking of mystique, John, I see you're wearing a sweet collar and elbow shirt tonight. 
I am. Brooklyn Zone. Whoa, hold on. We're off. I got my uh, collar and elbow world champion one on. And, oh, he's got his animal one on. So we're all decked to the nines tonight with collar and elbow. Hats, hoodies, tees, great wrestling apparel, guys. We will continue to tell how we love Al Snow's product. And, Chad, what's our promo code? Can Crushers, capital C in both words. That's a good, good way to say it. That was on the spot for you. And, John, how much do you save? You save 10% when you use that promo code. Here comes Al. Wrestling. A love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand. The wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and Elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. This is Royce ISAAC, dollar sign, and you are listening to Can Crushers. Of course, I'm doing my Can Crushers, not drinking beer. I mean the exercises. Got to get them triceps swole, baby. Keep listening. Welcome back, Can Crushers listeners. It is I, the English professor, joined by the glorious guru, Chad Parana, and the host of the show, Mark the Mark Martinez. Guys, let's talk about a very good NXT. All right, let's talk about a very good NXT, John. A lot of Dusty Rhodes <laughs> classic stuff on the show. Uh, run through the matches as Shotzi Blackheart takes on Candice LeRae. John, what's your thoughts? Good wrestling match. Way to kick off the show. Great action. Um, good interference at the right time by Indy Hartwell. Uh Candice LeRae pisses me off, and then that's good. That's what she's supposed to do. She does a great job of that. The character, I, I don't know if she wore her, her butterfly or angel wings to the ring. If she didn't, she should. Because when she does that thing on the second turnbuckle after the match, where she puts her hands up, kind of a la Randy Orton, but not really, it just, it, it, she gives off the essence of a butterfly or of an angel, and it matches her wings well. Match itself, great wrestling. Very, very good wrestling. Um, Hard-hitting. And it, again, it ends with Indy Hartwell's interference and um, sort of a swinging neck breaker. I think like off the second rope. Shotzi was on the second rope about to come in. Um, Indy created a distraction. Uh, Larray got up there, neck breaker off the second rope. And Shotzi did a great job selling the neck after the match, she was down for a while. She even tried to get up and then fell back down, you know, like her, her heart wanted to, but her body wouldn't allow her to. This was, this was a pretty good match. Uh, I enjoyed it for the most part. The one thing I don't know if, if you caught it, John or Mark, if you've taped it, it would be worth going. Uh, Shotzi gave her a suplex that turned into a, a knee strike. It was, just flew it like when she flipped her over, Candace come down and racked her head off of Shotzi's knee. 
Holy shit. It looked sharp I is the only way I can put it. I was like, holy shit, that looked really bad. But it was it, it was a play and move. It wasn't just something that just happened. Fucking looked great. Uh, these guys, the, these girls, ladies, uh, they work together. They look very crisp when they're against each other. I was just going to bring that up. That Do you think this is the end of this feud? Or are we going to... I mean, I know Indy got involved, and Shotzi has taken the loss a couple times. Do we get something that's going to finish this feud to kind of push Shotzi a little bit more? Candace doesn't need the rub. She is well over tagging with the way and Gargano and everything. She can be thrown in at a, a number one contender spot at any moment and shine. Shotzi still needs a little bit. Does she get the rub from this feud is where I'm going. I don't think it's over. To answer your question, uh, I do think... At some point, Shotzi scores an important win over her. Somehow, some way. Even in a tag team match, I think she scores an important win over Candice LeRae. I don't think it's over either. I think what's going to end up going on is uh, they they've been holding off, you know, pulling the trigger on Candice having the women's title. I think that this is going to be Candice when she gets the title. This is going to be. Her first feud, big feud, or whatever. Next matchup is the Grizzled Young Veterans, which I like a lot, against Ever Rise. Uh, first round match of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Chad, you want to start on this one? Uh, uh, grizzled Young Veterans look as good as they usually do. Uh, you know, they're crisp, they're very underrated. Ever Rise, I'm like, I'm not fans. It's a it's it's or a, a filler. Fan, it's a filler. It's a filler tag tag team to me. Um, I think this was to feature the uh, grizzled young veterans, who I think I would like to say Cole and um, Strong Strong are going to win the cup, but I think the I think the grizzled young veterans they've. They've got to be the realistic favorites. Told you. John? Yeah, it was a fine match. Um, I like a little bit of what the Grizzled Young Veterans do outside the ring, like the pep talking and the game planning. It makes you believe that, you know, you're you're watching a fight or a sporting event with, with, you know, a team having to go to a plan B maybe. Um I thought it was a fine match. It was not the best match of the night. Um, I know the Dusty Roach thing is something they do, and they're actually doing a women's version of it now. But I think this was also an answer to how AEW showcases their tag teams. I think NXT wanted to say, hey, look, we, we've got some great teams of our own, and they really do, and it's a different style, and I prefer it. This match got a, just a touch AEW-ish for me, there was a point where I was like, okay, Russ got to count. He's got to get somebody out of there. Um, the rest of the card gets better with quick tags and uh, quick double teams where you could maybe get to five. But if you count slowly, maybe not. There were parts of this match where I was like, holy shit, okay, the referee's given up and everybody can just be in the ring whenever they want. Yeah. But it was all right. It was all right. Next match, Johnny Gargano and Austin Theory takes on Dexter Loomis. 
It wasn't a handicap match, but anytime Austin right. Theory's around, it is a handicap match. So is it technically a handicap match if it's two versus one and a half? Well, he's like three, two himself. Yeah. So I my numbers are horrible today. I'm two people, so Austin Theory is definitely three. So it would be Just four on size. one. Yeah, it would be four yeah. on one then. Yeah. Well, Gargano's only half. So, so if it was an elimination, could he, since he's three, could he be eliminated three times before he actually has to leave? <laughs> Can he pin himself? He's a that big guy. fucking talent. Okay. John, this is your boy, so. I expected a little better. I, I know Dexter Loomis's whole deal is he's creepy and scary, and Gargano's kind of the cowardly champion. Um, at some point, though, I expected it to be just a touch more realistic. It reminded me a little too much of that Dutch Mantel-looking guy, John Rocker. What the hell is his name? <laughs> who just fought Dexter Loomis. The guy with, like, the deep southern drawl who struts around. He's hairy oh. like Dutch Mantel. Grimes. Grimes. It, it just was you too much of that. You said John Rocker and it blew my mind. Oh, I was yeah, thinking... I said that before that he looks like John Rocker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, nah, just too much running away, too much chicken shit stuff. It, again, it was okay. But it was. We, we get the telltale sign who's going to be the next challenger for the North American Championship after this match. Because Kushida comes out and pretty much makes it known that he's coming. Yeah, they. they Gargano gets the win, for those of you who don't know. Um, and then Loomis goes after Austin Theory, but then there's a double team on Dexter Loomis, and then Kushida charges the ring. And cleans house. Um, I think Kushida and Gargano on a pay-per-view could tear the house down. I agree. I agree. Chad Scroll. And next up we have uh, Atlas and Swerve Scott against MSK. Don't anybody jump at this one. I have no fucking so idea. I was taking a big belt. Yeah. Um, what I'll say is I, I thought we were going to see something different here. Jake Atlas, that's the guy, he got pummeled by... Um, He's Tony's cousin. ...when he came back. Right? Tony, Tony Atlas's cousin, yeah. 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 He got pummeled by Champa when he came back, right? Mm-hmm. So Jake Atlas doesn't exactly have a great winning streak going. Swerve Scott's been frustrated. He doesn't have a great winning streak going, which kind of explains his attitude. I like the pairing of these two. I thought they did fine work during the match. I didn't think this was going to be another loss for these guys. I thought this was an opportunity to tell a story of two guys down on their luck finding success together. So I was surprised to see MSK take the win. Chad's playing with the dog. I didn't watch the match, so we'll move along. It was fine. It really was. I, I like I like Swerve Scott. I know I'm the only one in the room, but I do. Uh, we get Zia Lee against... Yep. Another couple moves and match is over. That's about it. I still, for everything she went through in the training, the blood, sweat, and tears, doesn't look dominant. I, I don't know what's missing. Last week's match was shit. So this week, they, you know, they listened to us from last week and said, okay, two moves, puncher and kicker. The commentary was about eight seconds behind. Oh, what a right hand. I'm like, when? What, what did I miss? And the kick looked good, but I, I did not see a right hand connect. 
she needs to, and because I did get to play this, she needs to be more Mortal Kombat-esque. Yes! Yes, and then when they said, who's that guy in the entryway that, like, held his hand up, that's the guy at the end of Mortal Kombat. It is. That's what, that's all came yeah. together, yeah. What's the one, and Kel and I just played this earlier this week, and I fucking finished her a couple different times, and she was done. <laughs> Uh, what's the girl's name in number two? Because number one's alright, but number two is really my favorite one. Mortal uh, Kombat or yeah. Street Fighter? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Okay, Street Fighter had Chun-Li. Yeah. What did Mortal Kombat? I I, I'm not going to look it up real quick. Uh, we'll get to the main event. The main event was the Undisputed Era against Brizango. Uh, as John's looking that up. Chad, you can go the match of the night. Yeah, this was easily the match of the night. Uh, the only this was just one of those matches where I really didn't see uh, Rizango. Rizango. Nice. I, I was going to say something else, but uh, I didn't see them winning, so I wasn't really invested. But this, I think, pushed more of the Kyle O'Reilly, Finn Balor, Carrion uh, Cross uh, storyline. Uh, where are they going to turn? There's, you know, oh, Balor's got an injured shoulder now. Is this giving him an out against Cross? Uh, that's about what I got out of this match. This match is what I love about NXT because it's kind of, it's taken all the things going on, or at least a number of things going on, stories and feuds, and tying them all together. Um it's creating a lot of loose ends and open-ended stories so that you want to follow it. Um, you have the Undisputed Era in a match against Brizongo. You have interference at the end. Um, you have Kyle O'Reilly coming in to fight with Pete Dunne and he almost gets his jaw broken. So then you have... Um, uh, how's the Irish guy's name? I want to show. I'm going to forget somebody. The champ. Finn Balor. Finn Balor. I was going to say Fit Finley. That's not right. Finn Balor. Holy yeah. hell. And Finn Balor is your favorite person on NXT. He is. And he is making a case for being, he hasn't even really been in the ring all that much. He's making a case already for being the superstar of the year again. Um, so all these things are intertwined. In between that, you have a really good tag team match. So I love this story. I love where it's going. Um, this was another ending, though, that disappointed me. I, I wanted to see Brizango win because I like them, but I also thought it was an opportunity to get the heavily favored team out of there through shenanigans. So when they see Pete Dunn and company about to break their buddy's jaw and they run out, Chad, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, I expected it to be an ending like when Luger had Flair in the torture rack and the Andersons were surrounding Sting, who was on crutches, and Luger dropped him and ran out to fight the Andersons got counted out. I thought um, Undisputed Era was going to abandon their match to go help their friends and get counted out. But they have enough time to win the match first. Didn't buy that. Didn't like it. If they love that guy like a brother, they'd have dropped everything to, to go help him. Do you think, John, that uh, that's part of the storyline of turning Kyle O'Reilly? That's where I've been for the longest time. That Kyle's going to be the first one to leave. Um, I just think that uh, that, I mean, that could be, you know, it's like, really, motherfuckers, you were worried about beating those two fruitcakes 
versus, you know, I'm about to get my jaw split with a fucking curb stomp, you know, from Pete Dunn or whatever. Eh, wish, maybe wishful thinking, but... All in all, a good show. I, I didn't watch it as much as you guys did. I, I caught the highlights. I read about it. I was intrigued. Uh, it didn't tape because Wednesday night, it's family night. Uh, I have to tape AEW. And then the Goldbergs tape because that's a, a show that we watch. And then the new name that tune is on. There's just so much stuff. And yes, I can go back and watch it on the network if I you know do that. I, I, as you heard, I was just bitchy this week, and that's why I really didn't get around to sitting down and watch the whole hour and 45 minutes of it. And you're just loving the dog. Yeah, Max is a good boy. He says, pause up for AEW. So or for NXT. Oh, for NXT. Max doesn't even know what the hell NXT is, but you're going to hear him pounding on the table because the microphone picks it up that much. <laughs> um, John, anything else on NXT? You look like you want to say one more thing. Uh, I thought the tournament matches, for the most part, were pretty good. And this is what I was mentioning earlier. Good tag team wrestling, quick tags in and out. Uh, double teams where, where guys came and went quickly. Didn't spend so much time in the ring. Great tag team match to end the show. Um, on a show that's promoting their, their tag team tournament. So way, way to go out with like the best possible match. The other thing I want to mention is we heard from um, Katanzaro and her tag team partner. I don't, can't think of her name. Uh, yeah, there's there's a women's yeah. Dusty Rhodes, and they're up against God, they're facing a couple of bigger ladies. Uh, Martinez and um, Storm. Which, that's a weird uh, team that they linked together yeah, real quick. Yeah. I don't know that the women's Tag team tournament is going to have quite the um, I don't know what the word is, but bang for the continuity. Wow. Yeah, continuity that that the men's tournament's going to have. But I'll, I'll look forward to those matches too. Um, but I think that team of of Storm and your cousin uh, should be pretty dominant. My pick, my pick right now. All right, let's go to, over to AEW and start it off with Kingston against Pac. Why did we just bury Eddie Kingston? Like, he's not buried, but he just got his ass handed to him by Pac. Like, two moves, that's all he got in. I didn't I didn't get this one. Uh, this is a match that should have been saved for one of their specials or pay-per-view because these two could tear the fucking house down. Um, that was my big grip. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell... Did Eddie Kingston piss somebody off? I mean, did he bring a towel to Shaq after Brandy threw a drink in his face, or what the hell? I, I like both of these guys. I love Eddie Kingston. I, I think they both have the same level of energy, but they have contrasting styles of energy. Like, Pac is balls to the wall and all out, and Kingston is more methodical. So I thought their different styles made for a good, hard-hitting match. I didn't like that he worked over Eddie Kingston after the match, too. I'm thinking, man, you beat the guy cleanly, and now you're going to beat him up after the match, too. But watching with my son, he was like, Dad, after everything Kingston said and did, like, he deserves this. And I was like, man, they sucked us in, you know? I'm on one side, he's on the other side. And the Butcher and the Blade get involved. 
I, afterwards, but I don't understand the Archer thing yet. I don't either. I st- if Jake Roberts is still with him, then I don't see how Lance Archer fits into this. Jake is still with him. He was down after the match. Lance Archer is one of these guys should never, ever be sniffing the fan favorite or the good guy. He as a prick and badass. He doesn't need to be with a family or a team or anything either. Yeah. Uh, so that's... Yeah. I mean, they, they could pull the rug out from underneath us and see what happens, but I, I'm not excited for an Archer-Pock match. I don't... Agreed. Next match I wasn't excited for either. Chuck against Miro. What the fuck? I put Chuck is now a butler. That's what I got from the match. I, I thought you liked those guys with, with the I, mom and everything. I do. I do, yeah. but Trent's out, and yeah. Orange Cassidy genuinely looks sad after the match. That's like the most emotion I've ever seen. I am excited to see what they're going to make him do. I, I really am. I, I hope they old school this storyline up, and he's got a, I don't know, he's got to wipe Penelope's ass or something. I don't. He, Jesus. He's got to be cleaning a fucking giant French poodle in a fucking. Metal bathtub or something. Uh, It's going to be something with video games this week. I don't like... Hopefully it's fixing mine. I don't like Upchuck. I I think you see... um, Like, you see Chuck screwing stuff up. Like, making dinner and and putting too much hot sauce in the chili and it pisses off Miro. There are going to be so many shenanigans until Miro can't take it anymore and fires him. The match was okay. It followed your basic little man, big man formula, and it brought back memories of Gorilla Monsoon saying, a good little man will never beat a good big man. And that was the case. Miro was just too much for him. I'll say that Miro and his WWE experience taught him how to get over. You know, we were seeing the aggression uh, that we used to see from Rusev, but a little bit of the humor that we used to see from Rusev. Rusev got really corny towards the end. I mean, really corny. So we're seeing some of the funny stuff, but when he's in the ring, he's back to being like, you know, I'm, I'm going to rip this guy apart and, and chew on his bones. Yeah. Yeah, I, maybe. I hope so, at least. Um, do we know what happened besides Matt Hardy is now the manager of the, har- the private party? What the hell, what else happened? Like... He's getting money, he's taking this, he's taking that, but he, he's got to teach them. He taught them that they need to lose before they win, and, oh, yeah, delete, delete. I, Matt Hardy is, it's not a gimmick now. I think he's legit lost it. Um, I think they're trying something. Man, that's <laughs> I, I think they're trying something with him. Uh, I don't think he can go in the ring. I don't think he should. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how good of a manager he'll be. We'll see, I guess. He's not going to be a Talia or an Arn. He's not going to be in my top five next year. I'll guarantee yeah. that. We'll see. Give him a chance. Uh, this was a what the fuck match. It wasn't a match. Or what promo. the fuck interview promo. The only thing I thought was funny is when the one private party dude called Hardy a fucking money grubbing carny. <gasps> I didn't even hear that. Uh, the inner circle meeting. I love these guys. Enough's enough. I, I thought I'd never say this. Enough is enough. 
I don't care about next week's triple threat tag team match to see who the tag team of the Inner Circle is going to be. Uh, a couple of nice little liners that Jericho is a, a tag team whore or slut or whatever. That was kind of funny. Why does Sammy get the tag with Hager now? Like, now that they're going to leave Wardlow out. Why not make the two big guys, you know, and then continue the storyline where Sammy doesn't get to do anything and he's the one that leaves? Because then you don't get the Sammy Hager joke. That, and Jericho said, you know, oh, okay, so you put you and you together and you have Sammy Hager and Sam, and Sammy Guevara being all of 21 or 22 years old. Like, I, I don't get it. Why is that funny? To your point, Mark, like I sometimes I see these guys and I think enough is enough. But then they tell me just enough jokes to make me be like, eh, all right, yeah, they got me. I'll, I'll watch again. I'm looking forward to this tag team match next week. As much as I gripe. They suck me right back in. They're funny. Yeah, I I just want the turn. I want if MJF's gonna you know undermine Jericho and knock him out or you know the leadership thing or whatever. Okay, fucking do it. It needs to be done. <laughs> Dark Order is just in the back. There was a lot of stuff just going on this week um, randomly on AEW. They're going to be better next week. Hangman is going to team with them again. And Hangman's not going to join the Dark Order. That's all I'm going to say. He's going to screw him over somehow. So he's got something to do for a while. Yeah, I don't think it's the right thing for him to do. I think it's better if he's in a feud with those guys. Although, again, you know, uh, touchy subject. Um, Who's really there that stands out? as a possible main event guy. And we see them later on and they're clearly in the women's match. They're clearly not what they were. They're really not. Um, which makes me wonder if it's better off that they just kind of go separate ways and see if they can't think of something new to do for each of them. Watch that. Not literally. I mean, if you want to go ahead, the, uh, impact, uh, pay-per-view is on, Starting at eight o'clock, watch Paige show up to fuck over Omega. Oh, that'd be interesting. Because they're playing the whole fucking. And Paige has kind of been back since, you know, in the in the back, lingering, lingering since the Omega shit's going on. Watch Paige. I I just have a feeling that's that's where they're gonna take him. I, I heard for the pay-per-view tonight that there's um, they really haven't announced their COVID issues either. This it, it's it's an underlining that they might have to change the matches coming up tonight too. They changed the uh, main event. One of the Motor City Machine Guns is out. It's a um, I read today. It's a family-related issue. He came on. He's like this has nothing to do with COVID. It's a family-related issue. Don't know what's going on. They substituted Moose in the match, so it's going to be Moose, Alex Shelley, and um, Rich Swan. Swan against the Good Brothers and Omega. I th- I think you're going to see an AEW presence in this match, and I think it's going to be Hangman Page. That brings us to Omega and the Bucks with Dawn versus the Varsity Club, uh, Varsity Blondes, and Danny Limelight. Which, that guy, let me tell you, he's a worker. 
Uh, but then we find out that it's not the Bucks. The Good Brothers come out. It was supposed to be the Elite. It was. And Kenny Omega. Yep. I hate the entrance. I wish one of the girls would hit him with a broom. Yeah. That that callous guy is just annoying as hell. Um, good six-man tag team match. Really enjoyed it. Um, there was a nice Air Pillman during the match where he springboards from the top. You know, he jumps to the top rope and springboards in. Side note, it just brought back memories of uh, Pat Lapino did that to me once, I think, above the pizza shop. Uh, his mom... Fuck that! His mom worked at my mom's pizzeria for a long time. They were friends. They had the same birthday. So Pat and I used to hang out a lot as a kid, as kids. And he did the air pillman off a couch or something once. Um, again, good tag team match. My favorite part, though, honestly, is Moxley's interference at the end. Um, the fact that he doesn't care how many guys are in the ring and he's by himself... He's gonna, he's gonna go fight those guys. He reminds me, and I've been trying to put my finger on it. He reminds me of somebody, no one specific, but any person or most people. I want to be politically correct here. From Bradford, Pennsylvania. <laughs> if you don't know, listeners, where Bradford, Pennsylvania is, lucky you. Uh, it's close to the border of Western New York. So, like Olean, New York has uh, Saint Bonaventure University. And those two universities are maybe 20 minutes, half an hour apart. When I went, to, Mark and I both went to College of Bradford. When I went to College of Bradford, we would go hang out at St. Bonaventure once in a while. We had friends that went there. We went to a party there, whatever. Um, and here's what I mean by that. If you go to a bar, and this is how it was in the 90s. If you go to a bar or you go to a party in Bradford and someone tells you, hey, if you go out that door, there's some people who look like bad news or making trouble. You had those people who would say, all right, maybe we'll go out this other door to avoid that. I knew people like that. And I also knew people who said, well, I'm going to go out that door where those troublemakers are, and I'm going to say something on my way by, just to cause trouble too. Moxley reminds me of the kind of guy who's going to use the door where the troublemakers are and say something to them on his way by, just to cause trouble himself. That's at the corner bar. I've been there a lot, <laughs> really. That place could be a fun hangout. And it could quickly turn into... Collies. You better watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Anything about the match, Chad? I, I like the Moxley coming in. I was kind of surprised to see the Lucha. That, where I was going to bring it up. Yeah, that they came out. That they came down. And Moxley just played along with it. He was He wasn't his usual, you know, fuck you, I don't need you type thing. He kind of played along with it, you know, slapped him on the back and shoulder and stuff. And I was like, hmm, where are they going with this one? Finally, Dave Meltzer wakes the hell up and realizes that Britt Baker is an effing star. He finally tweeted this saying, oh, my God, Britt Baker is an F dot 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 star. Britt retweeted and said, Dave, stop sugarcoating it. I am a fucking star. This waiting room was amazing. <laughs> I loved everything about this waiting room. The end got a little hokey. Like, the women all should have scattered and went somewhere else when the camera was moving around. I, I love this. I, I did. Everything about it. The only thing I didn't like about this was uh, Reba in the background 
and laughing, and this was a ripoff of <laughs> when fucking Tony Atlas was doing the drunk high on drugs. Yuck, 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 yuck. In the fucking background. I was like, oh my God. I just wanted Britt to turn around and punch her in the teeth. I thought it was like a an Ed McMahon thing to like her Johnny Carson maybe is how I saw it. Ed well, McMahon was. that. That's kind of what they were playing. The, you know, this is my background guy. But if you remember when they had Tony Atlas on there, I can't remember who the hell he was with in the background. And he was doing that stupid laugh. Was it was prime over time when Vince was hosting and he was just another guest? No, no, no. This was oh. this was within the last couple of years, and I was just like, "Oh my god, that laugh!" Would somebody just punch her in the mouth? Uh, I thought this was a great segment. I she did a good job of telling the story of her guest, but getting her own story over too. Um, you find out now that she has to face Thunder Rosa. I love Thunder Rose's promo too. Like it cut away to where she had her in that cross face finish that she does and smeared her face. Oh, it's so dickheadish. I loved it. I loved it. And I'm looking forward to the match between her and Thunder Rosa. And she did a great job selling as the villain at the end. Like, no, I don't want to fight her. I did all that terrible shit and now I'm not going to fight her. That is just, it's old school. It still works. I, I enjoyed it. Next matchup, uh, not even uh, Jurassic Express against FTR. Fucking get me started. Well, Chad can go. There is no way on God's green earth that Marco stunted fucking growth should have been competitive in any way, shape, or form with these two. I don't know what the hell they're paying FTR to do this shit with this little sky low low little Tokyo midget type but son of a bitch other than that Jungle Boy still a fucking star yeah um go ahead Mark when did they just start coming out to the 80s song oh, 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 oh. you know what is that yeah, one yeah um monkey no, what the hell is that song? They just started it this week. This I was going to say, because I, yeah. they, I thought it was like a Jurassic Park. Yeah, Space Monkey came out to that song in uh, IWC. All right, nonetheless, but I was excited. That, uh, this is a perfect song for them, finally. And maybe they had to buy the rights from whoever the hell sings it. But uh, I think that fits. That's all I have to say about the match. I was excited about the intro. So you remember the guy, John, who ran my dad's pizza shop for a little while until my brother moved in? Yeah, okay. So he told me something interesting back in the day. Don't get in the way of somebody trying to make money. That's got a couple of meanings maybe. Like they may retaliate or you know, just don't be an asshole. If someone's making a living, why do you have to ruin it for them? I say that because I hope – Marco Stunt is going to the bank. I, I wish him the best, but I can't take this seriously. I just can't. For every reason Chad just said, but just to expand on that a little bit, when you see a flying head scissors or a hurricane run or something to that effect, you know, we know, guys, we know. We love wrestling, but we know. It takes two to tango. If you decide you're not going with a move, 
bad things can happen. It, it looks like a mess. Somebody can get hurt. So we know the person receiving the move has to play along. But someone with a certain level of talent or believability can make it look great. Guys, you could see these guys carrying Marco's stunt to where they needed to be. You know, and nothing against Dax or Cash, but because they're stars. But when you see stunt land on them, like in a Hurricane Rana position, you see those guys move with him. In other words, there was no momentum on stunt's part to make me believe he took those guys down. It was all those guys taking themselves down. And believe me, it, it pains any one of us three to pick apart a match like that, but you can't miss this shit. You can't miss it. How the, just not believe. How the, fuck can, believe. how the fuck can you have momentum when you weigh like 80 pounds soaking <laughs> fucking wet with your ring jacket, boots, and another wrestler holding you? I don't know. That's it. Yep. The dog's going nuts. Uh, next match was Ty Conte against Serena Deeb for the NWA title. Um, I want to ask you guys this real quick. Do you think that AEW has, air quote, purchased the NWA title and it's the mid-Carter uh, women's title? Because where else is Deeb defending it? You know, this, that, or the other. And if Conte would have won this, spoiler alert, does she instantly get a contract with NWA now? You know, it was believable with Thunder Rosa because she came over deep back and forth. Now that it's being defended against AEW people and Conte is signed AEW, it's not like it's Red Velvet who's not signed yet or Statlander that might, her contract or whatever, you know, when she comes back. There, there's just that play that... But I wanted Conte to win. I really did. Nothing against Deeb. I love Deeb because I said this before. She is the Deeb Malenko of women. I love everything about her. Um, I just want to know what's going on with that title. I'm glad it's being defended, but... I, I think at this time what they're doing is there's some kind of deal where they're keeping the NWA... Women's division out alive? Out there. Um, she has defended at other places, actually. She's she defending it this weekend. Not picking on what you said. Nick Aldis is defending his title twice this weekend. Um, at some other, some cards, I'd have to find it, but I just remember reading it. I just think they're keeping them out there, but I'm still holding on to that it's going to be a merger. You, you've been saying that for a year now. so. But... Also, NWA is kind of like they were. They were on. They they were going into that fucking Crockett Cup. They were hot. They were the hottest wrestling stories that there were, and then we didn't go. COVID canceled. Yeah, and we didn't fucking go. Um, (laughs) Then COVID canceled it. Then Marty Scurll canceled uh, it with his his happenings. they just they didn't they didn't take the the air out of the sails of NWA. They ripped the fucking sails down and put them away. Put them away. Uh, to answer 
your first question, Mark. Yeah, when when Thunder Rosa had the belt, it felt like an invasion. Uh, but now that she's lost it, Serena Deeb has it. You're right. It does just seem like another women's championship that belongs to AEW now. Um, that being said, great match. And I don't use that loosely. Um, very good mat wrestling by both women. I know you said you wanted to see Ty Conti win. I want to see Serena Deeb have a lengthy title reign. I think she deserves it. And I don't think Ty Conti's quite there. She's leaps and bounds better than, than her cup of coffee in NXT, which she was good then. She was good then, but she's leaps and bounds better. Um, after the match, though, she and Anna Jay are like, ah, it's okay, we'll get them next time. That's what I'm talk- talking about as far as the Dark Order goes. That's not the Dark Order way. Like, where do they go from here? They're all so nice now. Do you guys realize who um, Serena Deeb is? Yeah, she was uh, my boy at CM Punk's you know, shaved, shaved girl. head. Yeah, yeah she was I a didn't trainer know. in WWE. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know if you if both of you John doesn't that. remember that was his time. No, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah, that's who she is. I didn't know that until reading the article where she was talking about her um, NWA matches and coming up through and thanking CM Punk. And I then I look back. I was like, there ain't no fucking way. And you look back, she was a bit heavier then. Um, you know, was a, a, a prop, so to speak, for the, you know, whole storyline going Straight on. Straight society. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, just one of those holy shit moments. Darby versus Ta- Kate. Oh, go ahead. Tarzan Boy. Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. Thank you. I knew you'd find it. Darby versus Cage for the TNT title. Um, we talked believability the last couple of shows, and I love both of these guys. I really do. But at some point, when you're getting waylaid as much, as much, as much, gallons of blood are just dripping out of your head, you have to learn to fight another day. And I, I know that's not the Darby way, but... Could Brian Cage not have pinned him at any second? I just... Well, he was trying, and he was kicking out at one. I think that's the story they were trying to tell. It wasn't even close. He is ripping this guy apart and can't even, you know, get a two count. I I don't know. I should have punched him in the balls and gotten disqualified. Straight the hell up. Fuck this. I'm done. Hit him in the balls. I didn't That's the way they should have... The, the thing I got out of this match, it was good. Holy shit. I know you guys are listening. Tap, tap, tap on the microphone. Uh, yeah, because John's S- blown his nose during Sting- the show. Sting finally fucking hit somebody with a bat. We're still not there with Sting, though. He did hit somebody. He hit Ricky Starks. And why was Powerhouse Hughes or whatever the hell his name? Hobbs. Hobbs. Not out at... I was just reading the book from Bobby Williams. He talks about Powerhouse Hughes. Why was he not at ringside? Everybody else was there. Uh, he was getting his hair done. Hook and Crook and everybody else were out there. Why, why couldn't Hobbs be out there? Why, why did he have to come out after all this happened? Like, uh, I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit. Just little things that I'm like, wow, I don't understand. Don't have him come out at all then. He's on vacation this week. Yeah, I, I agree. I would rather, if you're not going to have him there from the beginning, don't have him there at all. I agree. I, I still like this match. 
Um, Cage reminds me of like a Bobby Lashley type with the build, um, the attitude, the the hard hitting style, and Darby Allen. Again, I I know my kid is one example, but I can tell you, watching with my kid, he speaks to to young kids. You know, he's getting beat up and he sticks up a middle finger. Uh, he's getting beat up and he still kicks out at one. Um, you know, it's defiance. We reacted, the attitude error was when we were just entering the workforce, just graduating from college and, and getting our first jobs. And Stone Cold spoke to us, like, you know, you want to flip off your boss and tell him to go to hell or whatever. Um, Darby Allen speaks to those preteens. And, and Ricky Starks is a star, by the way. I want to mention that. Oh, he, yeah, he's a star. He took the bat from Sting and made it look legit. I love Ricky Starks. Chad's got nothing. Oh, I was just going to say, clo- uh, closing out a uh, AEW. Um, I just seen it was reported within the last hour. Uh, Nyla Rose has been diagnosed with COVID nineteen. Um, so want to wish her get well, get well, um, be safe, and wash your hands. Everything, right. All right, uh, let's wrap it up, the wrestling for the week. When we come back, we will have us purchasing the WWE. We're going to continue that saga. It's my time to pick. Love them while we have them. And nice. And anything else random that we want to talk about to wrap up the show. So, quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Base Jesus, Billy Starks, and you're listening to the Out of the World podcast of Can Crushers. And welcome back, Can Crusher Nations. It is I, the glorious guru, along with... John, the professor, who, surprisingly, tonight has not been eating seven plates of food while we're on the air. It's about time. And you just heard the host, Mark the Mark Martinez. Uh, what the hell are we starting this section with? Yours. Oh, we're going to start with... The WWE. Me as the beneficiary of the Saudi prince. Yep. Which I hope tonight I'm the beneficiary of the... Ah! This is... We got kids listening to this show. Oh, all right. Never mind. All right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so we we kind of, oh, that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. You can take Powerball two different ways, though. True, true. Um, So if Mark wins the Powerball tonight, the one with money, um, he wants to buy some stock in our new, uh, new federation here. So kind of threw some things out. Uh. Just random things. Um, what are we going to make changes to make it more interesting, make it more, uh, I don't want to say believable, more pleasure eye candy, the Federation, so to speak. So the things I was thinking was how they're, how they're going to be shot. Have, have the focus on the ring, the guys coming down to the ring, you know, not having it shooting the whole whole fucking stadium like they do now, or the whole places they do now. Have the focus on the match. My, if we're gonna talk about that, I want to go back to the OTVS. Then that's where I want. That's how I want to shoot. You have those cross cameras there, and then one guy that kind of roams around two or three sides of the ring, catching it like that. But mostly, it's they're hard cameras that are stationary. And you're going to shoot like that, comparative to uh, 
if I if I want to know what the Pepsi Center looks like, I'll go to the Pepsi Center. I don't need to sit at home and see what the Pepsi Center looks like. I can Google that shit. And we're not shooting the crowd at random moments just so that the crowd can tell the fans at home how they should be reacting. Like, I hate when they show a guy with his hands on his head like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I just saw because you want me to have that reaction at home. I'll have that reaction if I feel like having that reaction. You've had a lot of good reactions, especially after you saw the guy uh, when Elizabeth came back to say Savage and we were up at my uncle's watching a pay-per-view and the guy was bawling, and you were laughing yeah. at him. <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. I didn't feel like crying. I felt like laughing in that moment. Uh, just uh, some other things here. Old school promos. I, I like the idea of the way the NWA used to do them, and they, they were doing them up until COVID. Having the promos right there on set, having the guys come out, do something like that. With promos, have promos like they used to for house shows. Have them flash up during the show. Hey, you know, State College, Pennsylvania, this is Seth Rollins, and I'm coming, you know, to see you Saturday night at this time, this place, and everything like that. I'm I'm going to be fighting so-and-so. Do old school stuff like that. Bring, bring back the... Bullet points is what you're the saying. Bullet, yeah. Bullet points and let their personality uh, steer where the promo is going to go. Seth Rollins is in a heated, he's a bad guy at this time, he's in a heated feud with Mysterio, let that come out. Or if he's a baby face at some point, which I would imagine when he comes back he's going to be a huge baby face with having the baby. Just throwing that out there. Um, and he's going to be missed, and people are going to be happy to see him. Blah, 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 blah. So he can turn it either way. Let you know, hey, I'm glad to see you guys at State College or whatever. We'll just because of Bryce Jordan, so not they're not coming right yeah, away. Whatever, soon. whatever fits kind of the place that they're going, especially if they're going hometown favorite or something like that. Get kind of get the house show. Try to get that back going, John. I absolutely agree. Um, uh, another huge thing I think would be beneficial. We're going to have meet and greets. Oh, yeah. We have them now for $995 and you don't know who you're going to meet. Yeah. Nothing against all the athletes in there are amazing athletes, period. Regardless, we joke around about uh, Otis and that. I, I don't joke about that's, Otis. I well, don't like him. Uh, you don't like him. I like him, but he's he's still he's still an athlete. He can still do. He's still a ring worker. Nothing against him, but if I'm paying nine hundred dollars, you don't want to see Lana. No, I don't want to see Lana. I don't want to see Otis. You know, John, who would be the first one if you were paying something like that that you'd want to talk to and spend a little bit of time in with? the WWE today? In the that's WWE. The Jeez, uh, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, uh, Charlotte Flair. We mentioned Seth Rollins, Charlotte Flair. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Lacey Evans. I'd want to see the heavy hitters for that kind of money. And I like what TNA used to do. I went to a couple of shows. What they would do is they would have everybody on the card was out there. Okay, not your. I, I dare say jobber guys, but they really didn't have jobber matches right. at this point. But they had Gail Kim, uh, James Storm. Uh, That's where I met the beautiful people up in Erie. 
everybody out there. You go, you had a program yep. that you'd get for $10 or $15. You get autograph and pictures. Interaction like that. That's that's what I want to bring back to the fans. Um, can't, we we kind of decided last week that our additional male title was going to be called the King of the Mountain title. Woo! Um, it's going to be the one that the guy's going to have a, a number. He's going to be the number one contender. To the world title. For To the world title. Now, how do we go about creating this title? This is this is a hot spot now. You know, the other stuff was, I'm not saying nonsense, filler, but now we have to create this title, and we're going to throw people into it, and is it going to happen at Royal Rumble? Not at Royal Rumble. I think that this and the other titles that we are bringing back, the TV titles, are a perfect filler between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. Yeah, because they can, have, they can take place on house on TV shows. They can take place on TV shows. They can take place on house shows. We can have these tournaments in there. Deal. Uh, t- TV title and rules? Well, TV title, I think, needs to happen on TV. It could be, it's a TV title. Okay, but we remember, we have that one-hour show on Saturdays. Yeah. Now that's going to be TV, so we could... Which is that always was a house show, yeah. But it was stuff that they put on TV. John's thinking. So yeah, does the Royal Rumble still crown a number one contender for WrestleMania? Yes, that's still okay. The King of the Mountain thing. I was thinking of more along the lines of a Super Indie title, where it's held for a year, and during the course of the, I don't know how you determine. Do you get your one title shot? You can cash it in kind of any time. You're still the champion. But how many title shots do you get while you hold this belt versus how often do you defend it? I say when you have it, you get an initial title shot. If you win, if you defend it, successfully defend it three times, you get another title shot. That's what the NWA was doing with the TV title. Yep, exactly. If you If you had six title defenses... Yeah. Then you could face the world champion. If you lost, you start over. You're still the TV champion. I see. I'm that, could create, that could create conflict then with the Royal Rumble winner, too, at some point. Right. Which yeah. Well, the Royal Rumble winner is guaranteed title shot at WrestleMania. He's not a... Right, right. Regardless of what they did have done with storylines, you win Royal Rumble, your guaranteed shot is at WrestleMania. So this one... Okay, he has the title. It's not a money in the bank, but I don't know. Maybe they have the world title guy gonna be holder gonna be on Raw. Well, if you're gonna be here, you're just not gonna come out here and jack your jaws in front of the camera. You're gonna defend your title, and oh yeah, your number one contender is King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain. I'm in. I like it. Yeah. And that could even, again, down the road, but that could create conflict. Say the guy defends it for the third time or the 600, whatever we determine, by the end of March. And the Royal Rumble winner is the Royal Rumble winner, but the guy who won six title defenses in a row says, well, I'm entitled too. Do you have a triple threat match or what do you do? You know, it just creates some conflict. And you really could even add it to more. I like where John's going. 
we already said the Money in the Bank is going to be a WrestleMania exclusive. So let's say the third match in the WrestleMania, the Money in the Bank. It could be a four-way then. It could in, it We could have a Seth Rollins coming down, you know, repeat coming down in Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. We could have a Dean Ambrose winning it and coming down after Seth Rollins beats Roman Reigns type example, opens up a lot of possibilities. Another, I want to say show, uh, I thought about that I thought was really cool in concept was Taboo Tuesday, where the fans voted on the matches that they want to see. Do we bring that back to a TV show? Do we make that? Interaction is part of society today. You know, I really think it is. And we really think those matches were voted on, but they were they were voted. Was that the results that were voted? Right. We don't you'll never know. But you give a as long as you have better voting. You know, you have to have the American Idol voting style. I'll put it that way. And I'll leave it at just that, compared to a ballot or something. I just thought that would be I'm all right for one of those a year. It's fun. It's a a, a niche show that, yeah, yep, I'm in. Um, This one is, I I thought about this. I was like, we got to do something different with the Royal Rumble. And I love this one. Don't, don't. Screw the the qualifying. Uh, you can maybe have the qualifying matches. Let me put it that way, just to exclude somebody or put somebody in a different storyline. But how do how do they get their numbers? Oh, they they come and pick them. Well, here's a different twist on it. We have a five participant feast or famine match, and what that's going to have is you're going to have five contra- or five numbers numbers in in a briefcase and whatever on a pole you got to fucking go up you can only pick one so the numbers are going to be random that's going to be in there obviously number 1 and number 30 are going to be one of them but throw in 10 20 and, and six. A, the the one that i like the fifth one i thought of fuck it this guy picks this briefcase and, you know, on, on a Monday Night Raw afterwards or something like that, they have them come out and they show what they get. One of the guys, you're not in the Royal Rumble. So six is eliminated. So one, 10, 20, 30. And then zero. one guy have somebody like, have it be somebody of Statue. maybe not somebody that's going to win the match. But somebody that like, holy fuck, they just Keith got... Keith Lee right now would be perfect to get that zero to go like, oh, damn, he could have made some noise. Yeah. Have something like that. I'm in. That's really fascinating. Yeah, that's a nice idea. That's a nice twist. And this one... This we don't know about. This one, you two will not know about. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing the ownership one on this one. But I'll just say, as a teaser for the Royal Rumble... I have signed three individuals that are not currently under 
WWE contract, and I'm not talking that because we've said that we're going to invite people from every federation, you know, every organization to have people come in. But there are three people that I've signed that will be in the Royal Rumble that will not be announced. Are they active right now? They are active wrestlers. Okay. And this storyline is going to carry through. I'll say this. It's going to carry through to WrestleMania. And it is going to shake the foundation of WWF. WWF. We're going back. We're going back to. Yeah. Okay. I'm all right with that too. I didn't know we were going back. Well, I'd say WWE. It's not. I hate entertainment. Yeah, we're not. Fuck that. It's either you can't use WWF because of the World Wildlife Foundation reason they changed it in the first place. So we're going to go back to Backlund, San Martino, that era, Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Good. All right, so that's our WWE uh, spotlight this week of what we're doing next week. We'll kind of have some matches in gear for Royal Rumble. Oh, nope. The uh, sorry, the other one um, we're going to throw out this week that the double titles, as like to call them, the two world titles, the two tag team titles, the Intercontinental and U.S. title. Um, those will be. Well, they have to be merged because we're only having that many titles. Yeah, so. they will. Those matches will be at the Royal Rumble. Whoever, regardless of whoever holds the titles at the time, if they win, if they win a title on Friday night, Sunday night, they're in a unif title unification match. So, we, so we really can't say the names yet, right now, right? Um. We just had new tag team champions crowned last week. Right. Right. And Shawn of... Michaels and Robert Roode. I mean, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Right. Dolph Ziggler is loved by a lot of people yet. <clears throat> he had a yeah. lot of sunny days, from what I hear. He has had some sunny days. All right. John, your segment, because I got the person right in mind, and it, might, right. be, it might be a touchy subject for some of us. Okay. I look forward to hearing who it is. Folks, this is Love and While We Have Him. This segment, uh, in this segment, we appreciate the wrestler in question while we still have him or her with us. Too often we celebrate a person after he or she is gone. We have decided instead to celebrate this person while we still have him or her with us. And hopefully they listen and they feel appreciated. So Mark, who will we love while we still have this week? Jake the Snake Roberts. Motherfucker. <laughs> John, would you like me to go first on this one? Sure. Um, I'll say the one one thing about Jake Positive was he was the king of psychology as far as his promos. He wasn't a big Hulk Hogan, eat your vitamins, smack your grandma, Ric Flair, Space Mountain type stuff. Jake was one of those ones that you looked at like he is a warped son of a bitch, and I don't trust him. His psychology, I I can't think of anybody any better than him was his psychology. John? 
Are you mad because I, I stole uh, yours? It's, no, no, because I had a run in with him. <laughs> right. And it led to, yeah, it led to like a feud with that ring announcer who's no longer in the wrestling business. That guy stalked me. He would not let me tell my story. But anyway, I've told that story and we'll focus on the positive. Chad, to your point, if you look at the 1992 Royal Rumble, whether this was planned or not, he went to move in on somebody. I don't remember whom. And when he did, somebody else went to move in on that same person. And Jake just did a thing where he shrugged his shoulders and put his hands out like, no, you go ahead. That alone got a reaction from the crowd. While other guys were fighting in the Rumble, he sat in the corner and kept his hands on the ropes, ready to pull himself up to strike when necessary. That alone got a reaction from the crowd. Absolutely. The guy is a master of psychology. Absolutely brilliant. Hell of a worker, too. Um, and if you really look back, whether a heel or babyface, he lost most of his matches. As a heel, he lost because he was a bad guy. He was a villain, and he lost to the Dragon in their feud, and, and on and on. Uh, he lost to the Macho Man. But even as a good guy, when he was crazy over, he became sort of that Razor Ramon, obviously before Razor Ramon, but in that you beat him to get to the next level. So if Bundy wants to challenge Hogan, he's got to get through Jake the Snake first. Regardless of the win-loss record, you couldn't keep this guy down. You couldn't. He was so crazy over. Uh, and then when he went to WCW, after getting buried by The Undertaker, who showed up on WCW TV, and DDT Sting twice, again, I think it's Scott Hall, because he went from Razor Ramon to like the leather jacket or the denim jacket on on Nitro. Nitro. Thank you. On Nitro with the NWO. You saw the same thing out of Jake Roberts. You know, gone were obviously he was in street clothes, but he wasn't in the slithery tights. He was just in jeans and a jacket. It added a sense of, of reality when he hit staying with those two DDTs. And that put all of WCW on notice. I echo both of you guys on the ring psychology. Also, one of, if not the, beta, the greatest short-arm clothesline in the business. Um, he, he just took your head off. I, I love that. And I think now that maybe, hopefully, his demons are past him, I think he makes a great mentor. For people like Archer or anybody else, it could be demonic or dastardly. So I think he's got a lot to give back to the wrestling business. So, yeah, John, here's a, a beer for him. Cheers to being here, Jake the Snake Roberts. Cheers, Jake. So, yeah, uh, a little bit shorter show today. Not a lot going on. You have... You have something that you just came across the the wire, didn't you? Yeah, just a, a couple little quick things and a, a funny little little story I heard this week. Um, quick on tonight's impact, uh, a favorite I think of all of ours, Madison Rain, uh, announced her retirement from pro wrestling. I knew um, that was coming. Kind of, kind of saw it a little bit. We talked about this when she was in IWC. Uh, kind of thought this was like her her last hurrah so um if it is 
obviously, good luck in everything you do. Um, well, that goes with, uh, I'll jump in real quick. Um, Josh Matthews has taken off of the announce. As I, I forget who they're putting on the announce for Impact now. Josh is going behind scenes to do a little bit more. And I think Madison maybe too, maybe to work with some of the women. Because it was during their COVID times, uh, Josh and Madison, real life husband and wife, um, were doing the broadcasting from home on stuff that was taped. You clearly could see that. Um, So I think Madison is going to roll with that now. Yeah. Uh, Sweet lady. Remember? Oh, she's a sweetheart. I met her at OVW. When she was... I met her at IWC, um, and Vinny wanted to get his autograph with her, and he went up, and she just, just so sweet, so, you know, smiling with him and messing with him and everything, uh, really, and you don't hear anything bad about her in the business. Uh, Something else that was posted while we've been doing, WrestleMania 37 will return, or will be a two-night show. Yeah. Um, more details to follow. I'm not sure how we feel about that, obviously, yet. Let's let's see what they do with it. I know how I feel about it. We'll leave it at that. Um, this past week was the... would have been the 40th birthday for Shad Gaspar. Um, I... For some reason, I didn't realize uh, the date that he passed away was actually my birthday. And in reading this post, um, he would have been 40 years old uh, this past week. I believe it was on Wednesday. Um, So, happy birthday. Like I said, I hope that I can be half the father that he was with what he did. And a little bit lighter note. Uh, come across this article from West Virginia Mountain News paper. There was a lawsuit, million dollar lawsuit filed by a fan in 1983, this week, against Ronald Garvin for headbutting a fan, maliciously headbutting a fan. And this the story went that, and this is, you guys can, you know, do a little bell or ding, ding, Bailey, ding, ding. When ding you dong, hear, hello. when you hear the bullshit, Ronnie Garvin, Ronald Garvin, was teaming with Bruno Sammartino Jr. in 1983 and facing the Midnight Express version of Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton. Lane and Eaton in '83, really? Okay, that was that was the one part. Okay, with this never happened. Spoiler: This never fucking happened. But the uh, the what come out of this lawsuit was is a 16 year old kid was given Ronnie Garvin shit and everything, and Garvin got knocked into him at ringside, not by the Midnight Express. And Ronnie Garvin's partner was not Bruno Sammartino Jr. Yeah, like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Um, But this kid got bumped into, and he goes out to a party that night and gets a shit beat out of him at a party, goes home, and instead of telling his dad what happens, he says, 
Ronnie Garvin headbutted me at the at the match tonight. Well, his dad files this fucking multi-million dollar lawsuit suing Ronald Garvin. Uh, names all these guys in the lawsuit and everything like that. And it actually went to trial. And then all the police, and they're like, these fucking guys weren't even there. Ronnie Garvin wasn't, he was a good guy. He was never come off the ring apron except for the tag and walk in and out. Just some of the shit that fans would try to do. I would back, have been excited back. to get headbutted by Coco Beware. Yeah. Holy hell, I got knocked on my ass in St. Mary's by Mr. Saito, thanks to Bob Backlund. Oh, um, so you're going to sue him. And I was happy as shit. Saito bends down. You okay, kid? You okay? Wow. I was happy as fuck. I was like, you could have broken my arm and beat me with it. I would have been happy. You weren't suing. I wasn't suing. No, I was happy. Your mom would have went after his ass. I I had Bob Backlund walk back and, again, remember the ring barriers. Back then were nothing but fucking rope. rope. Bob Backlund walks back and we just happened to have the... um, seats right at the ring barrier and he's seen me and he comes over and you know you okay kid he said i I, i'm sorry and he was genuinely fucking upset about it he was like i'm so sorry i didn't mean it and i got he was a nice guy he he was a good guy he was a really good guy and it was just why the fuck are you gonna make this stuff up sue go through the courts people are bastards that's why anyway you're showing your age, Chad, but that had to be 81, am I right? Maybe 82 at the latest? He had the old, yes, and I am showing my age, but he had the old-style WWF title. This was even before the big green title. Right, right, because Saito, I'm thinking AWA, by 83 for sure. So that had to be maybe 80, 81 is what you're talking about. Fuji was on this card. Polish Power Ivan Putski. Jesse Ventura was a touring talent. I wish I could I wish I could remember the year I could probably um track it down at some point, but yeah, you're probably about right. Where did it take place? St. Mary's. It was in St. Mary's. Saint Mary's. It was at the high school uh the uh, the one right when you come into St. Mary's. South Street on Mallet now. It was at that school. Yeah, it's not at the, the main high school. But um, I will have that I will have that year for you next week, listeners, along with the full card. Yeah, yeah my word. It was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a good card. Uh you know, Ivan Putski, the Polish power and the Polish hammer, one of I don't want to say the weakest finishing maneuvers in the history of wrestling, but Kind of the weakest. <laughs> At top five. Speaking of John's bringing that to the uh, podcast next week, next week we're going to do a watch-along. And, John, if you do find it right now, it's next week. Don't talk about it now. Um, we're going on YouTube this time, and we're going to watch, so everybody out there can watch it, The Heroes of Wrestling. It is dubbed as the worst card ever. In wrestling, it took place in 1999. I don't have a date right now. Type in Heroes of Wrestling 
on YouTube. You'll be able to watch it. It's about a two and a half hour show. That's going to be our watch along. Um, I'll steal this from Cornette. As he said, on paper, this was a great card if it would happen 10 years prior to it actually happening. Um, it, it, you get Jake Roberts on it. You have Neidhart on it. You have, I believe, Kamala on it. I mean, it is, it's our era of wrestling, but it took place in 1999. So it's a, it's a little rough, and a lot of things happen. I have not watched it the whole way through, but I'm excited to this week. Uh, what else? Guys, uh, don't forget, go to Archer and leave us some messages. This way you can get put on to Archer. Yeah, I'm talking about Chris Archer. Go to anchor.fm backslash cancrusher69. Leave us a message. You'll be able to hear yourself possibly on the show. Uh, you'll be able to listen to us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, everywhere there's podcasts out there. Send us a message on any social media website. It's at cancrusher69. And yeah, just uh, living the life this week. A lot's not going to happen next week in wrestling either, guys. I hate to say it. When is the Rumble? The following Sunday. The following Sunday. So is next week's show with our... Nope. It's the week after. It is the week so after. So we don't even do our, our predictions for the Rumble next week. Right. So we can take off our WWE next week, too, because we can't give matches away yet. Hmm. So next week is going to be possible. Well, we short. can. We know what's going to be on there, but we we'll figure out a, something, maybe something else to fill in there. Yeah. John, anything to wrap this bitch up? No. Uh, I'm already deep into the annals of WWF history, trying to find Chad's card. Good. WWE Almanac, John, didn't you say that in your uh, gold stash that you found last week, you found a wrestling almanac? I did. It was a PWI Almanac from 1998, um, which has, I didn't really look through it all that much, but it has obviously contemporary news, you know, of the time, but also has history of championships, um, and it, it lists them all. Like I sifted through the Intercontinental Championship history, so Goldust and what was it, Savio Vega match ended in controversy on TV, so it was held up, and they rematched next week, which was really probably ten minutes later. Um, and Goldust won again, so it has that. It's got yeah every title change, um, but I didn't look too deeply through it. I'm still barely uh, at the tip of the iceberg of the 300 wrestling magazines I found in my basement. Nice. Wow. I'm, I'm jealous a little bit. Yeah, me too. Makes me want to go up in the attic of my house and see the stuff that uh, mom and dad kept from the oh my God. 50s and 60s. and that. I do know that there is an autographed, uh, I don't know what the magazine was, but Bruno San Martino autographed uh, magazine of when he was in the hospital from the broken neck. You need I, to get up in the uh, you need to get up in the attic. All right, <laughs> John. Just remember, just because you're trash, it doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called a garbage can, not a garbage cannot. We have an amazing, amazing spotlight this week, brother. Yeah.